Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where OP seduces high school boys. Our next Reddit post is from Barris Minimum. My first job out of school was a language teacher in a private school, and it sounds like it's straight out of a fiction book. I was employed to teach grade 6 to grade 9. However, because I was the only teacher for that language, the owner begged me to teach grades 1 through grade 5 when I had time to spare. To be clear, I was not paid for the extra work. I taught each of the classes that I was employed to teach twice a week and the other class once a week. On top of that, I also had lunch duties, so I hardly sat all day. The school had a preschool at a different location and all the teachers there wore uniforms. The preschool workers, who were all females, were the only ones required to wear uniforms. I was the only female teacher on the grade 1 to 9 staff. One day, the owner calls me to her office and asks me why I'm not in uniform like all the other preschool staff. I told her that no one informed me about wearing uniforms in my department, and also the male teachers don't wear uniforms. She gets slightly angry and orders me to sew one with my own money. I try to protest, but I see there's no way of getting through to her. My parents convince me to let it go and sew a uniform. When she sees me in uniform, she goes off about how figure-flattering the uniform is on me. She tells me that I'm trying to seduce the boys, and she calls me a prostitute. She orders me to sew a new one or don't come back. My uniform was not short. It fell way below the knee. It didn't show cleavage, and it wasn't too tight. So I just ignored her, and a week later she fired me while I was in the middle of class. I just packed up my stuff and left. The next day, the principal called me and said the owner was asking why I didn't show up that day. Duh, you fired me. The owner calls me herself and orders me to come back to work, talking about how do I expect the kids to eat lunch. Well, good luck finding a donkey like me to work for that pittance. I did go back, but not without double the pay. I then quit the next month. OP, I don't know where you are. I'm guessing you're not in America because <laughs> I think that if someone went into work and they're like, worker, you have to sew your own uniform. People, <laughs> people would be like, you want me to do what now? You want me to sew? Like with a needle and thread and stuff? Dude, I think you're severely overestimating my capabilities here. Also, OP, if your uniform went down below your knees, it wasn't too tight, and it didn't show cleavage, that really only leaves one option available. You exposed your shoulders. And like any high school boy will tell you, there's nothing that turns a guy on more than a girl's shoulders. Our next Reddit post is from Sorkoth. My father has worked at a Fortune 500 company since the 70s. He moved up the ranks from a software engineer to management, and he has patents for the company that saved them millions of dollars. My dad was approaching pension age, and suddenly HR starts making his life miserable. He had noticed this trend would happen to some of his coworkers when they were getting close to age 60 as well. The HR lady called him into her office, and she said that my father wasn't punching in or out at the correct time. My father, an engineer, is very, very detail-oriented. He knew that these were false accusations, and he asked HR to prove it. They came back a week later, and they couldn't prove it. My father said, of course you can't. I've been driving the corporate carpool bus for the last 15 years. I always have 16 witnesses who can confirm my clock and time, and I haven't been late in 15 years. The HR lady came back a week later, and they said that they were going to fire my dad for letting people into the building without badges. My dad asked to see when and where that he was letting people into the building without badges. 
HR showed that my dad held the door open for his best friend, who had also been working there since the 70s, and who had his foot cut off due to having type 2 diabetes. The guy was in a wheelchair. Prior to this, my dad took the chief of security out for lunch, and he told him about how the company wanted him to leave before he got his pension, so he got some footage of his own. My dad said, that's very interesting. You're gonna fire me for holding the door for my best friend of 35 years after his foot was amputated and he's in a wheelchair? Fine then, I hope you fire the CEO and yourself as well. He then proceeded to show two separate videos of the HR person and then the CEO holding the door for that exact same wheelchair-bound friend. My father ended up staying there until he got his pension. Our next Reddit post is from MJ McStevens. I'm a data analyst, and I have too many STEM degrees to count. I work at a big bank where the only thing that matters is years of experience. It doesn't matter if you have a PhD or a bachelor's, they both mean the same thing. I came in as an entry-level 28-year-old because I had so many degrees. I was doing so much better than my entry-level co-workers that I told my director that I wanted a raise to ADK or I was going to apply to another team. He told me that there was no way that I was going to get ADK from any team. I asked him if he could just ask HR because I didn't really want to change teams, but still, I was going to go for as much money as I could get. My boss said, I am not going to ask HR because I know 100% that you are not going to get paid that much, no matter what. If you want to waste time applying to other teams just to be told the same thing, then go ahead. I applied to another team in the same department the same day. This was on Monday. On Wednesday, I got called by the director of that team for an interview, and I got an offer on Thursday. The offer was for $92,000. I instantly accepted it, and I told my current director that I got an offer and I had accepted it. He got so mad at me, and he asked me why I would apply and accept a position without telling him. I said, you told me to. After two weeks, I started my new position on my new team, and I got a call from my old VP. He asked me why I left without letting him or my old director counteroffer. I told him what happened, and he was shocked. He told me that he would have given me a counteroffer on the spot. It turns out that my old boss never thought that I would leave. Well, joke's on him. OP, I'm glad you left. When your old BP called you, you should have just been like, If you really thought that I was worth more than what I was getting paid, then why weren't you paying me more? Right? If my performance was so great, then why didn't you give me a raise? Our next Reddit post is from Ganja But Weed. So, a while back, I had to submit a dive permit for some work that we were doing down at the port. I have a good working relationship with the safety officer there that handles all these. That worker had gone on vacation, so all permits had to be lodged with another safety representative who was well known to be difficult. So anyways, I emailed the permit to him. About an hour later, I received a very angrily worded email from the guy back, explaining that my permit was denied because the permit clearly states that all permits must be fact and must include our safety plan. I replied that our office uses email and that their office had specifically requested that we don't attach safety plans anymore because we now have a formal meeting to audit our safety plans and that it was double handling. He replied, I don't give a f***. The permit clearly states blah blah blah. This permit is denied. Submit a fresh permit. Now, the diving safety plan that we use is a simplified version of our full safety plan, which covers pretty much every eventuality. The version that we give to our clients is only about 10 pages long. The full version is about 700 pages long. I filled out the permit, pulled a paper version of the safety plan, loaded it into our fax machine, and hit send. 
my boss raised an eyebrow and asked what I was doing, and I explained that I was fixing our permit issue. We found out after a few angry phone calls from the port that they still had one of those old-style spool faxes, which are quite slow. They tried to disconnect the transmission, but our machine was set up to automatically resubmit, and I lied to them and told them that I didn't know how to turn it off. Anyways, the end result was that the douchebag was taken off of permit work, and when the good safety officer got back, she had to update all of our permits. She thought that it was incredibly funny, because everyone in her office hated this guy too. Our next Reddit post is from Character Ad. Last year, I gave birth to our first baby. It's the first baby in my family and the sixth baby in my husband's family. It's important to note that all six kids in my husband's family are boys, and my mother-in-law is dying for someone to have a girl baby. Ever since we made the announcement that I'm pregnant, my mother-in-law has convinced herself that I was pregnant with a girl. I told my mother-in-law that once we knew the gender, she would be the first person to know. We told her that we were having a boy, but she was still convinced that we were having a girl. She told my husband's whole side of the family that we were having a girl. I corrected her, but she told her family that I was just annoyed because I wanted a boy first. To be clear, I just want a healthy baby. I don't care about the gender. She also told them that we're naming the girl after her mom, which we'll never do because my husband hates his grandma. When the baby shower gift started to come in, I noticed a lot of things that weren't in the register, like clothes that were embroidered with my grandma's name. And it didn't matter that we told everyone the baby's gender and name. Everyone still believed my mother-in-law. Well, the baby was born, and imagine the surprise, it was a boy, just like we've been telling everyone. The problem, in their eyes, was that now the baby had plenty of girly clothes, pink onesies, etc. And that's exactly what we dressed our baby boy in, especially for his family video calls and pictures that we sent them. After Saturday's video call, my mother-in-law called us to scream at us. Because we're making the elders uncomfortable for not sticking to a masculine color scheme for the baby's clothes. She also said that we have to stop being childish because she just thought that my belly shape was more like a girl than for a boy. We told her that we are not going to change the baby's clothes. We'll just wait until the dresses fit better. He's gonna look adorable. As a new father, I can confirm that babies do not care about the clothes they're wearing. The one and only thing, well, the two and only things that a baby cares about is boobies. Our next Reddit post is from Accomplished Wardrobe. I hated my old apartment. I desperately needed to leave that apartment, and right as I was looking for new rental places last year, coronavirus hit and everything got shut down. With less than a week on my lease, I had to jump at the first available home. I didn't even get a chance to inspect it, and I ended up with equally horrible property managers. I didn't have a key on day one, I had to break in in order to move in, and they didn't tell me about the cockroach infestation. Right when I lost power during Christmas, I tracked down the original property owner and asked if I could get out of the contract and just pay her directly. We investigated many options, and the best way to get out of the contract was to just pay the last remaining months and write a 30-day notice. The property managers call me and say that I have to write them a notice, signed and sent and received on the exact date 30 days from the lease's end to be accepted. And if I don't, I'll lose my $1,000 security deposit. They really stressed that it had to be mailed and on time or they would not accept it. Cue my pettiness. I wrote a template letter with a generic. This is a blank day notice. I'm writing to terminate my contract and to receive my security deposit, as stated. I sent out my first letter 103 days early, then another one 73 days early, and so forth. 
Basically, every time I remembered to do it, I would change a date on the document, print it, sign it, and mail it. They called me to say that that was very unnecessary, and they got the message loud and clear. But they were pretty rude about it, so I sent some more. I then received some passive-aggressive emails that they'll honor the contract and leave me the $1,000 deposit because I've sent them a 30-day notice. But they can be tricky because I haven't technically sent them an exact 30-day notice. So I guess I have some more letters to send. Plus, they sounded pretty rude over email. Cue the final 15-day countdown to my 30-day notice letter. I upped the ante. I was now sending out one letter each day, and I changed the font each time, ranging from Papyrus to Jokerman to Comic Sans. My favorite letter is the one where everything's bright yellow and barely legible. It hurts your eyes to just look at it. Oh, and better yet, I got that last batch sent a certified mail. So I would get an email that they received the letter, and they had to sign for it. About 20 letters later, I received my cashier's check back. No message or anything. Fortunately, I have four more letters to send. That was the best $43 on stamps that I've ever paid. OP, you could say that you followed the rules to the letter. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.